one of these days, we're going to get the technology all together and bring you a very professional, technologically brilliant show. But until then, you get this. Vegan Radio! Hello. Oh, there we are. Here I am. <laughs> Scott's microphone cable has a short in it. Oh my there God. we go. Hello. Hello. Oh, okay. That, that, don't ever touch it again. <laughs> I know. If I breathe too heavily, as I usually do on the show. Uh, All right, Jillian, step away from Scott. <laughs> don't ever touch it again. <laughs> I won't. <laughs> so how are we all doing? It's been a while. I know. Back Especially together again. You. Back together. Yeah. Well, we, I, we missed you. Oh, I missed like you guys. Reunited, and it feels so good. <laughs> we missed ourselves, too. Did you miss you guys? Oh, you should have been here for the April 1st, or was it the April 2nd show? I'm not sure what it was. It felt like April 1st. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> yes. Why, you might ask? <laughs> Why? Why? There we go. There we go. Um, I can hardly believe it's been 13 weeks, weeks since I started with you guys. Oh, my God. Has it been that long? Today. My Lord. That's, I, that's like a threshold. I know. A doom threat. 13, right? And Not how good. you feeling? Doom. I feel pretty good. Yeah. I took a blood test this week. or learned how to do a blood test and took my own blood. Not uh-huh. completely accurate. Really? Yeah. Where'd you take it from? My biology class. I learned how to do a packed red cell blood count, which means how oxygenated your red cells are, how much oxygen they can carry, which means how much iron you have in your system. Did you prick yourself? Yes, I did. On your finger? I did it twice, and I had to have someone do it the third time because I wouldn't bleed well enough. I clotted too quickly. Oh, you and your platelets. I know. My platelets are crazy, and apparently my red blood cell count is just above average, so I am not anemic. Well, you've only been vegan 13 weeks. I know, I know. i got to wait. Soon. You'll be well above average pretty soon. <laughs> That's right. Just keep up with your greens. My greens. Your greens and your grains. My greens, my grains. You'll be fine. But today I made a Jamaican quote-unquote beef patties with some textured vegetable protein. Oh, and yeah. I realized that was an ingredient I never used before. Yeah, that's one I hardly ever use unless I'm making something like It's chili. incredibly inexpensive. It's like it takes on any flavor you want to give it, and it's it's all right. It's all right. Just a thing. Yeah. Tight. And there's yeah. different kinds. There's TVP and there's TSP. <laughs> uh, I think Sometimes I used, they're the same thing. I think I used t- TSP. Uh-huh. Yeah. Excellent. But it was pretty pretty tasty. Oh, good for you. Mm-hmm. And how is everybody else? Fabulous. I'm good. I'm good. Feeling strong? Pretty strong. Still yoga-ing it up? Yoga all the time. Riding my bike everywhere. Nice. I'm like the triathlete of Northampton. <laughs> it's uh, yoga, speaking. biking, and what else? What else do I do? Um, ver- well, I mean, being on pedal people—that's not just biking. That's Uber biking, y- delivery biking. It's like two two sports in one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Biking and hauling. Yeah. That's ah. how I get my triathlete status. So, speaking of triathletes, <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Hey, we have Brendan Brazier today. Yes. And he, uh, I think the last time we saw him was in New York. Did we see him? Oh, at the 
parade. No, it was the, the walk. Uh, walk for farm animals. That's right. And uh, he, you know, we all went and he, you know braved the rain, which wasn't so bad. With Shaka Zoba. Uh, yeah, and he, he gave a great talk, um, and uh, was very inspired. It's excellent. No, <laughs> Derek told were. me that he started up the Vega. Vega. The Vega supplements, which are so cool. Award-winning line of whole food nutritional products. Vegetarian supplements. And they're, they're all over the place. They are at Whole the whole Foods. <laughs> and he's a two-time Canadian 50-kilometer ultra-marathon champion. Does it say ultra? Ultra-marathon. That's, <laughs> that's like <clears throat> the that's most... That's like your Uber biking. The most marathon you can have. Wow. Hi, this is Persia White. Any plugs for Earthlings? Of course, I want everybody to watch Earthlings. All you have to do is go to www.isawearthlings.com. Earthlings is an amazing documentary. Joaquin Phoenix does the narration, and it's a life-changing film. It's changed more people's lives than any other piece of literature or film that I've ever had in my hands as a vegan. So I recommend it for all of you that are trying to open the minds of friends and family. Uh, they will leave changed after watching Earthlings. It doesn't mean they're going to all become vegan, even though I've had a, a huge portion of them actually turning vegan immediately or vegetarian. Um, but they will be changed. And sometimes the seed takes a minute to bloom in a person's heart and mind once they allow a concept in. And it might be five years from the date of watching that movie or ten years. Um, but sometimes it's only five minutes. So give it a shot. People sound loud. Now I just want all of you to know that being vegan isn't about just you, it isn't just about the animals, it's actually for the betterment of the planet, for the environment, for the consciousness of our entire human race, as well as, you know, just a nice thing to do. When you look at it, it's not really necessary anymore. I know that we, we're humans and we've come from a long history of being in caves and in the jungle and surviving on whatever we could get our hands on, but we don't really need to do that anymore. And it might take a moment to look into your heart or look into your mind and, and think a little more about the choices you make, but it is so worth it. www.isawearthlings.com Thanks for listening to Vegan Radio. Yes, I've been trolling once again the Google News pages for something related to veganism. And I'll tell you, there's an awful lot. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> for example, uh, a University of California, Los Angeles professor whose car was set on fire by radical animal activists has decided to fight back by organizing a pro-research rally on campus April 22nd. Wow. Yep, so get out there. Um, apparently, uh, his car was burned. Uh, his Volvo was torched by... Uh, some folks who were upset with his um, use of animals and research. Uh, obviously, I mean, I personally don't condone it. But Jerry Velasic was uh, called by the Los Angeles Times. The pickle he's, guy? He's the guy who says things like, I sympathize with the violent actions. He is hurting and killing non-human primates every day. And if it took harming him to make him stop torturing, it is certainly morally justifiable. What do you think about that, Scott? Well, that buzzword at the end of the word, justifiable, always rings a bell with me. It's like, uh, I don't know, is that a proper mixed metaphor? <laughs> <laughs> that buzzword ringing a bell? Um, but yeah, justifiable, I don't know. What does that mean? You turn to your left and go, is it okay? And the guy goes, okay. Maybe they should have made him some delicious <clears throat> vegan food instead. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that would have been a much better thing to do. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, what can you do? 
uh, you know, they could torch his car, they could torch his house, they could, uh, you know, burn his house, and when he runs outside, they could beat him with a baseball bat in front of his family. <laughs> um, Come on now. But, but the bunnies would be fine. He'll just be replaced by someone else who will get paid by a corporation. Can you use violence to, to combat violence? Um, well, Everybody knows that, right? No? Fight, fire to fight fire. <laughs> um, it's a U.S. policy. But yeah. It doesn't no. seem to work for, no, for us very well that way. It'll, it, might, it might make you feel better temporarily, you know, unless you're the sort who actually is sensitive to violence. Um, but yeah, obviously, no. <laughs> this is not the way. Uh, I wonder what the pro-research uh, rally is going to look like. I do wonder. Are they going to have like rats with tubes coming out of their bellies? Oh my goodness! Rabbits with their eyes peeled back. And well, that's the thing, you know. Monkeys I mean, with their brain half exposed. If you were to have a rally and you were trying to um, promote um, kindness to animals, you might show pictures of research. But in trying to promote research, you don't want to bring out the pictures. Show I think they'll bring like little little cancer patients or something. And yeah, you yeah. want to see the pictures of you know the the, N- nicely, the human lives, that nicely have been painted nails, or no. yeah. I mean, uh, always medical research. I think there's probably there's probably it's probably been overstated how many human lives have been improved by animal research. Uh, that's just my sense of and things. How many people have had horrible health problems and death from eating animals? Well, yeah. I mean, there's a there's the bigger problem right there. You know, it's like what's the point of animal research to combat the kind of diabetes that people are getting just from eating too much animal stuff? Oh yeah, I just read a news story that they did a study. Uh, People who ate one egg a day had something like 50 to 70% higher chance of getting type 2 diabetes. Really? Just from the cholesterol? I don't know. It's, uh, no. it's, it just seems the way like the eggs work with <clears throat> our system, probably. Just eating a lot of animal protein does that. Yeah. The study was focused on eggs for some reason. Well, it's not a, it's not a big surprise to us, but um, I, was, I think there was, yes, in fact, there is another story, which is a good, is a good segue for this one. Excessive meat and dairy may harm sperm quality. Ooh. Yep. Apparently, men who eat lots of processed meat and full-fat dairy may have poorer quality sperm than those who eat more fruit, vegetables, and low-fat dairy, a small study suggests. Wow. It included 61 Spanish men visiting a fertility clinic. (laughs) Half of the men had poor semen quality and generally a higher intake of processed meat and high-fat dairy than did the 31 men with normal sperm counts. The men with higher quality sperm tended to consume more fruits, vegetables, and skim milk. The findings reported in the journal Fertility and Sterility, which rhymes, it's great, do not prove that these foods contribute to or protect against sperm abnormalities, but they do suggest that in addition to its numerous other health benefits, a well-balanced diet is important to fertility. Uh, Maybe not a big deal, because, I mean, we're doing okay as far as fertility goes. (laughs) Yeah. In other news, the dog food brand Pedigree uh, is apparently uh, introducing a vegetarian pr- line of products. Interesting. Yay. Yep. Vegetarian dog food, in sp- specifically. I don't think they've got any vegetarian cat food. There, there is some. There is some. But. <laughs> is there? Wow. I read a, a pretty good article. I think it was Veg News <laughs> saying, I think the overwhelming factor is that dogs can do it and cats can't. Cats can't. Male cats especially have yeah, a harder yeah, time. Yeah, they need they need a little wet food actually. Yeah, something to do with the, uh, the just their. And they don't yeah, like it's just their lettuce. enzymic makeup. It's unfortunate, oh, yeah. but it's not like it's not like these cats are, are thinking about the fact that you know they're being cruel to 
processed whatever's. Well, there's we know there's lots of vegans out there that have cats that they yeah, feed meat to. And that's, you know. Sure. But see, in an ideal world, humans would quit eating meat. And then when we died, we'd donate our bodies to cats. <laughs> Is that, that your would, idea of an ideal would, world? It would solve all the problems right there. I like it. That sounds a little like Soylent Green. That's uh, all right. Cats don't <laughs> mind. Yeah, I suppose not. Cats are going to take over. The only, peop- the, cool. only, the only animals squeamish about eating humans are other humans. So this is an interesting question then. Uh, and maybe totally off the subject, but what about these carnivores? Can they get like things like mad cow disease and scrapie? And- yeah, well, that's how they discovered um, the connection in, in Great Britain when the mad cow thing first came out. Um, it was a cat that died first. Oh. That's how they realized that it could be transmitted from one species to another i see so it's not an and issue the cats of... have shorter it was cats than birds yeah well sh- cats have shorter incubation periods because <clears throat> they they knew that the there was a problem with the cows dying but they kept <clears throat> letting humans eat them because they didn't they said oh it's not going to cross the species barrier right but then the cat died and that's when they said well um, species barrier can be crossed yeah. I'm curious, what does it say about this vegetarian uh, dog food? Well, I'll tell you what it says. Uh, this is a, a story from the Financial Chronicle. Uh, and it says here that uh, there's a $20 million market in India for pet foods, and it's growing rapidly. Uh, it's set to evolve to a size of about $74 million by 2012, uh, just before the world ends. <laughs> the 100% vegetarian food <laughs> is eyeing mainly the Tamil Nadu and Gujarat markets. So uh, basically, these are uh, areas where people are very strict vegetarian and, and you know, they're starting to take to dogs a little more uh, and they want to, you know, bring their dogs to the vegetarian diet. Awesome. Um, Sounds like there's dogs all <coughs> over the place in India. Yep. So from, it says here... Uh, from our Megan Shackelford report. They've even taken the trouble to make sure that it has the same nutritional and calorie levels of non-vegetarian foods. So basically, same, same nutrition... No animal, you know, no cows, no sheep, no goats. Sounds no wonderful. Sheep. No rendered dogs and cats. No so, sheep. Pretty so good. can we can we talk about something for a minute that I have a concern about from school? Um, oh, no. Vegans in college news. Oh, sure. Are you ready? So I've had to be near, and I did not participate in, the heart, spinal cord, and brain of a sheep dissection. Mm. For what? For biology class. I see. Yes, wow. it's interesting. And it's been it's been fairly upsetting. You know, I've, I've looked and studied because I've had to, but I haven't poked around because I felt unnecessary. But like, what do you think we can do in that situation? My teacher's been pretty okay. You know, if I had to walk out of the room, it would have been completely fine. She didn't make me touch anything in general. We're all adults there. But like, you know, here's a, here's a bucket of brains in front of me, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. It's something I wanted to bring up. Because I think it's interesting, and I think a lot of people have to face that in general, you know? I'm not going to freak out and step up in the middle of the class, but, like, I did talk to my lab partners about it, you know, and one of them was like, come on, touch the spinal cord. I'm like, no, it's not going <laughs> to happen. <laughs> well. What would you guys do? Um, well, I think in that instance, I would I would tend to suck it up and just study. Um, yeah. Because whatever I learned from this, uh, you know, experience and hopefully they haven't, they haven't going out and getting an extra sheep's brains and spinal cords just for me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I would try to take advantage of it and learn as much as I could and then bring my, you know, general 
ethics and stuff to whatever I end up doing with that knowledge. Uh, though I kind of feel like, you know, you've got this system where you're learning biology deconstructively. I mean, you've got a dead animal. Shouldn't you be introduced to a live sheep first? <laughs> and maybe there's, a, maybe there's a level of biology at which you can learn things without having to look at the innards uh, Well, of a, a lot animal. of people, I've heard some awesome things about cyber dissections. <clears throat> there's apparently oh, yeah. really great programs now which are just in full detail that they're doing in schools, especially the frog. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting better and better. Yeah. yeah. Well, is, if, yeah, if you're if you're a vegan activist, you'd probably want to look into what the alternatives could be for that specific kind of lesson and talk to your teacher and maybe try to get that. Well, I can only <clears throat> imagine one software program that they can use, you know, would save them money as compared to buying all that stuff every class. Well, well, uh, yeah, I guess it depends what the what they're trying to teach you from the sheep. This is as true. to what kind of thing could replace that. Yes, this is true. It was just, you know, segments and parts, not so much whatever. Yeah, and, and frankly, unless you're actually doing, say, um, you know, uh, standing by in the middle of, say, a, a veterinarian doing a procedure. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think you can learn most of what you would from that experience, just either from reading or um, working with, you know, mannequins no, I, or whatever. I agree completely. Yeah. So. Yeah, it seems kind of unnecessary. Yes. That's right, but it feels not, more not, serious. I, just, I, I went to private school, very private school, where it was very like, you know, um, I don't know, politically correct, pro-animal rights, pro-cultural stuff, and I never had to dissect anything in my entire life. You know, I know everybody in high school had to at least be near it, but I never have until three weeks ago. And so it's very odd for me. <laughs> personally. Well, you know, there's a whole industry uh, around providing animals for these types of things. No, actually I noticed it was, you know, it said blah, 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 biological, um, you know, parts or whatever was the name of the company. And I was like, okay. And there was a you know, nearby company. I was like, so this is a whole thing. There's a whole Yeah, that's why it's, it's, it's really hard to get rid of things like that and animal testing in general because uh, there's, Money. you know, it's capital. It's kind of just like war, you know, we have all these industries that are making obscene profits from building bombs and guns and things that kill people and there, there's another industry that's huge around uh, animal research oh yeah they're really hard to dislodge anyway we got to uh, take a break here and get brendan brazier on the line um we have some music here from this vegan lewis ledford to take us through the intermission Everything is clear to me now It's clear to me now I have found as I stumble along down this road I think that I know And I'm feeling lighter than air Feel like I'm floating on air I'm not scared As a flock of birds gathers And takes to the wing I am lost Lost in it 
feel like I'm losing it Hold the lips I neglected to kiss The people I miss Am I ready for this? I remember when I was a kid Hiding was my style I like to stay hid but not dead flash of light and then goodbye it's like somebody's hands just reached out and shook me loose from this world that I've only been dreaming and speaking a language that's more like a feeling and freeing me freeing me something is happening to me there's no stopping it now there's no stopping it now Even if I wanted to Ledford, Everything is Clear, from the album Audios King. This is John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats. You're listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, Northampton, 103.3 FM. Brendan Brazier <laughs> is on the line, but... Brendan. Hey, Derek, I can, there you are. I can just make you out. I, I can hardly hear you. Oh, Excellent. One of those days again. Everything's working. <laughs> You're up in Canada. You have a new book out? Yeah, well, one that's out in Canada called Thrive Fitness, and it will be out in the U.S. in January. So no uh, no touring for the new one in the U.S. until early next year. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing some for, for Thrive, which came out in paperback in the U.S. this year. So uh, I am kind of doing two different tours in, in two different countries for two different books kind of overlapped um, in some sense. So what's uh, this book about? A Guide to Optimal Health and Performance Through Plant-Based Whole Foods? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that... That's uh, Actually, that's the, the self-published one that's not in print anymore. Oh. <laughs> but um, the one that replaced that is called Drive and the Sub... Hello? No! Oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, Canada. What oh, happened? This was supposed to be a landline, too. Oh, no. They're not supposed to, you're not supposed to go off. It's Hello? Supposed, they're supposed to last <laughs> in perpetuity. <laughs> perpetuity. Oh, well. oh man. I, th- I think he was saying the book was uh, about plant-based foods. <laughs> <laughs> I can be Brendan. It's okay. Yeah, so how do you feel about that interview, Jillian? <laughs> Poor listeners. Here's a fact about iron. <laughs> Don't eat cheese, well, in general, <laughs> but That's especially calcium and iron fight each other. They do. They do. They want to win in your body. Now, it's okay to take them separately, but if you put some calcium-rich food, especially 
you know, goat cheese on your salad, which you wouldn't want to do anyway because it's from a goat. It's nasty. It is nasty. You will totally abate any iron from that spinach salad getting into your system. The calcium will just fight it out and there will be no point. It will be like you were eating sawdust and goat cheese. The way to get the most iron out of your greens is to add some sort of vitamin C rich food like citrus or more leafy greens or uh, more peppers, bell peppers, which have the highest amount of vitamin C over oranges any day of the week. And that sort of thing will get the iron leached into your system much more efficiently. Iron leached into your system? Well, out of the plants. Yeah, it's got to <laughs> leach somewhere. How do you feel about vinegar? Vinegar is okay, but you want something that's really high in vitamin C. Vitamin oh. C is the idea. It's because vitamin C and iron work together while calcium and iron war. Not to say you shouldn't take your calcium. There's plenty of calcium and rich foods out there and kale's full of calcium. But if you want to get your iron, do not mm, eat just any do not. cheese just on do your not. salad. And no antacids either. None of that. <laughs> and don't eat eggs or you will die. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to try to get Brendan Brazier back. Got a little more Lewis Ledford for you here. You're listening to WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM. This is Vegan Radio, the show with more technical difficulties <laughs> than we know what to say about. <laughs> the sun will shine. Never felt so lonesome. Never felt so fine. Got the car all packed. Brendan Brazier, <laughs> vegan triathlete. Oh no. <laughs> He's here. He's in, and, and we're all chorused. <laughs> we're all chorused. Creator of an award winning line of whole food <laughs> nutritional products called Vega. Brendan? Hey, Derek. Yeah, I can hear you, but it's, it's really soft. <laughs> that sounds familiar. We only laugh because it's a, a common occurrence. I was really interested to find out that you did Vega because that's all over the place right now. Um, my Vegetarian Times is full of Vega ads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've uh, been promoting definitely more in the United States than we have in the past. We've got pretty good distribution now. It's in most Whole Foods. Yeah, it's definitely a huge display in ours. <laughs> yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's getting out there. Now, what inspired you? To, I mean, obviously, it was that plant-based foods and taking supplements and that sort of health worked for you. But, like, how, do you, how does one come into starting a supplementary line like that? Did, do you have, does anybody have a degree in that? Or was it just something you were interested in learning about and going with? Or Yeah, it actually it just came from something I created for myself years ago. I never had any intention of making it available as a product, but... When I was around 15, I decided that I wanted to try and race Ironman triathlons professionally just because I, I really enjoyed swimming, biking, and running and wanted to make a career out of doing those three things and doing them full-time and, you know, not really having a, a real job, I guess you could say, just doing those things. And if I could uh, get good enough, obviously, I, I'd be able to do that. So then I, I took training really seriously and and found that, it's actually recovery that is one of the biggest determining factors of success as an athlete, not necessarily just the training, but how fast you can actually get your cells to regenerate and rejuvenate themselves so that then you can train again sooner. 
and improve faster because the quicker your, your body repairs, obviously the, the more training you can fit into a smaller amount of time, which means you're going to improve faster. So when I found that nutrition had a huge part to play in the recovery process, that's where I started focusing. And I tried all different kinds of diets. I tried high-carb, low-carb, high-protein, low-protein, and nothing worked really great. And then I tried completely plant-based, and it actually didn't work well at, at, at all. Um, in the beginning, <laughs> I was hungry all the time, I was tired, and I wasn't recovering well. And, and my coach uh, noticed that, and, and he asked me what I was doing. And I was really excited about trying this new way of eating, but he, uh, he was pretty traditional. He was, he was a good coach, so his success, I think, kind of closed his mind off a little bit. But he, uh, he really just wasn't into exploring the nutrition world and, and seeing if that could actually boost performance. But I was still really interested in it, and I think that it, it uh, was something that, that I just realized the value in at a pretty early age and started experimenting with a lot of different types of foods. And, and I, I found why I wasn't doing so well on a plant-based diet was I lacked certain things like complete protein and vitamin B12, iron, calcium, omega-3 fatty acids. And I found plant-based sources for each of those, blended them together, and that was it. That was my blender drink I had every day after workout, and it, it really did make a difference. And then eventually in 2004, I partnered with someone else to actually bring it out as a product and not just have it something I made myself. So it didn't, it didn't originate that way. It, it was just really a solution to, to trying uh, to make me a better athlete. That's great, and it sounds like what it is is it's a great just uh, supplement set for anybody who's on a plant-based diet in general, not only athletes. Yeah, absolutely. It doesn't have to be just for athletes. And actually what we found out is that most people who do have vega are not vegetarian or vegan anyway. They're just health-conscious, busy people. But, of course, it's good for veg vegetarians and vegans in that it takes the guesswork out of it. It has the B12 and the calcium and iron and the protein and all that stuff that a lot of vegetarians or vegans can be concerned about not getting. But it was interesting to find that, uh, that yeah, the vast majority of people who have it are, are not and probably never will be vegetarian or vegan, but uh, it's appealed to them anyway. Is, does it, um, do you have any anything with Vega to try to convince people to go vegan, or is it just like you keep it separate from your veganism? Is there any kind of like, do you put anything on the label? There's definitely, um, well, instead of whey protein, for example, whey protein is the most common type of protein that people will, will buy and and take after a workout. And whey protein is, is actually really acid-forming. It's been isolated and pasteurized, and because it's isolated, too, it's no longer a whole food, so the carbohydrate and fat's been removed, which means it's harder for the body to digest and assimilate. And being acid-forming means that it will actually promote inflammation, whereas plant-based protein sources, such as Vega, helps reduce inflammation. And that's key because that means, obviously, as an athlete, you can recover faster. But also, anyone who has arthritis or any kind of inflammation problems will do much better with plant-based proteins. And also, osteoporosis. A lot of people have low bone density, and, and it's getting worse and worse in North America. And one of the best things that people can do is eat alkaline-forming foods, like leafy green vegetables, big salads, anything that's green, anything with chlorophyll is going to be good. And so plant-based proteins, such as hemp, that have the chlorophyll in that is much more alkaline forming than, than the isolated manufactured ones that are, uh, are whey protein, for example. So that's uh, definitely a big advantage over more traditional animal-based protein.
I actually had some Vega this morning. The uh, I've noticed that they they have they say that you should mix them with water. I noticed that they they taste better mixed with uh, like almond milk or soy milk than than just the water that is what the recipe calls for. Do you? No, I wanted it to taste reasonably good with just water, so that it's more convenient and it's it's cheaper. But yeah, most people would rather, especially the chocolate flavor, vanilla chai mixed with. With yeah, some sort of almond milk or rice milk, hemp milk, soy milk, anything like that is probably going to be more popular. Uh, I also like the, the chocolate one a lot with coconut water. After oh. a workout, coconut water and, and chocolate bag is really good. <laughs> That's we're, good. There's got to be some way to make coconut water taste better. <laughs> well, yeah, like we're all fans water? of it here. I'm just saying it kind of has a metallic like taste to it. That's Come on, all. you're crazy. You have a metallic taste It's because you're drinking you. it out of a can and not a coconut. <laughs> hey. A box. <laughs> <laughs> Metal It's probably been sitting box. in the Asian food store for um, two years or something. Come on. No, I, I, uh, yeah, I had it before yoga this morning just to uh, test it out before we had the show today, and it, it really worked well for me. I'm hey, glad you like it. But do you recommend drinking it before a workout or after? It's more the sort of thing you would have after a workout. If it's, if it's a really high-intensity workout... You wouldn't want to have it right before. So if you were doing, uh, like, sprinting or anything like that, you'd want more of a carbohydrate-based snack. So something with uh, with dates or or some kind of fruit, even half a banana is good before a workout. But uh, if it's a longer, less intense workout, like a long bike ride or hike or yoga, I suppose, could be put in that category, having it before is good, too. But because it is quite protein-rich. It's uh, the sort of thing that uh, is ideal for after a workout to help repair the muscles as opposed to trying to fuel them because carbohydrates more for fuel, whereas proteins more for rebuilding. So what do you think about this uh, protein? It seems like a lot more and more people, you know, there's always been this thing with vegans not getting enough protein that's been kind of a common myth. But it seems to me that recently, maybe since that latest wave of the Atkins craze, that that you find a lot of people who will say, well, I tried being vegan, but I wasn't getting enough protein, or I didn't. I need more protein food, protein, protein, protein. Do you think that this is really a problem, or it's just people have certain cravings and they just call it a protein deficiency? Yeah, I think that anyone who eats a good plant-based whole food diet is not going to have a problem with protein. I probably get about 70 grams of protein a day just in my regular diet, which is half of what what I should take according to conventional sports nutrition books based on my weight and activity level, but it's about quality. It's about getting that high-quality alkaline-forming protein like I talked about earlier. So things like hemp, of course, are really good for that, but even things like spinach and kale are actually quite high percentage-wise in protein. So a big salad every day makes makes a difference. It's uh, it's not huge in terms of, of number of grams, but in terms of quality and what it actually does to your body and how it's absorbed and assimilated, it's much better than isolated manufactured proteins like uh, I talked about before, whey protein and, and things like that. Do you think whey is just like a waste product from the dairy industry and they've figured out how to market it to muscle heads or...? Yeah, I mean, they've been, they're one of the best marketing groups out there I, I know of, the dairy industry as a whole. I mean, they've been phenomenal to uh, 
to basically be able to convince a, a whole society that, uh, that if we don't drink another mammal's milk, we're going to be unhealthy. And they've, they've done it. You know, it's really it's quite amazing. People think they think milk is good for them. Most people really think that they need calcium from milk. And it's, it's basically when people think calcium, they think milk. And when they think milk, they think calcium. And it's, it's just a testament to the amazing marketing job they've done because it's really not what you would want to have at all if, uh, if you're concerned about bone health. It's, uh, it's not good for that. It's, it's, uh, it's acid forming, which takes calcium from your bones. Your body has to pull calcium from your bones to the blood to keep the blood neutral when you eat acid-forming foods or, or drink acid-forming foods like milk. So it actually it's, it's not helping with bone density at all. So it's uh, definitely a myth and one that's been, been very well, uh, well spread by a great marketing campaign. Now I notice on your um, the uh, details of the energy drinks, um, it says that the enzymes are intact. How do you keep the enzymes intact? Yeah, the enzymes are. It's uh, it's a raw process, so they're not heated, which is going to keep them alive too. Like obviously with um, other other types of more artificial based drinks, they uh, they're all cooked to high temperature. But if uh, if, if you're able to process stuff at a low temperature, enzymes are often are going to stay intact, so they're going to be active, which is going to help with digestion and assimilation. So that's, uh, that's definitely something to look for, too. It's like with sprouted foods, too. If you can get a food that's sprouted and, and remains raw as opposed to being cooked, you're going to get more out of that. It's going to be more nutritious, and that's obviously that's going to be good for you in the long run. It's the kind of thing that's, uh, that I talk about in the book is being a high net gain food. So that means that a food that uses very little energy to digest and assimilate, yet it returns a high amount. So it's nutrient dense, yet easy to digest and assimilate would be a high net gain food. So anything that's sprouted, anything that is in a raw state is going to be uh, more along those lines than, than traditional cooked processed food. No, I'm, I'm a nutrition major actually, so I've been learning a lot about this concept. Very fortunate that uh, my nutrition teacher has been very vegan-friendly. Oh, that's uh, good. Yeah, it's not too common, is it? No, that's what I've heard, and that a lot of nutritionists, you know, um, you'll go to them and they'll tell you that you have an eating disorder or, you know, whatever, if you have vegan stuff going on. And, yeah, I've been really glad that I think the upcoming trend in nutrition, she's, you know, she's a little bit younger than me, actually. She's 25, and she's a nutritionist, and she's, you know... She, I think that's what they're teaching now is that plant-based diets are the way to go. And yeah. more and more younger nutritionists and people in the nutritional field are going to feel that way. Yeah, no, it's a very good time. And at the very least, they're at least not teaching these new nutritionists that veganism is bad the way they used to. So <laughs> it's definitely more positive. We're making steps, uh, making advances. Yeah. Your, your book, Thrive, is aimed at vegan athletes? Last year it came out in hardcover and it was called The Thrive Diet and it was aimed at just basically being a diet book um, and the publisher realized that really was too broad. It just wasn't, uh, it would just get lost in the shelf, you know, just another diet. People didn't really, really, uh, I guess, see what was different about it until they actually started reading it but of course it's hard for people to start reading another book if they're, they're not really sure what it's about. So, yeah, they tried to market more towards 
active people who are interested in a plant-based diet, which, as you mentioned, you know, it's really growing. People are starting to get interested in eating more plant-based, whether they're going to be completely vegan or not. But just with all the athletes now who are seeing, uh, seeing performance gains by eating more plant-based foods, whether they go 100% vegan or not, they're starting to realize that, that large components of the vegan diet can dramatically improve their, improve their performance. So it's, uh, yeah, I would say it's, it's definitely a good book for anyone who's, who's active and interested in, in eating along those lines. Now, what do you include in it? Do you include just suggestions for nutrition or recipes in that at all? Or Yeah, there are about 100 recipes that are not just plant-based, but they're also gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, wheat-free, yeast-free, so no common allergens. Wow. They're wow, good what's for left? Anyone <laughs> Delicious plants. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Greens. Yes, yeah, so for anyone who's... Um, who's diabetic or celiac as well who can't eat wheat. That's all those recipes? And they're pretty broad. All those recipes uh, avoid the allergens too? Yeah, they do. That's and amazing. No soy, not because I'm anti-soy, but just because I think if I just wrote another book with a lot of soy recipes, I really wouldn't be contributing that much. I know there's a lot of great books out there that have lots of good tofu recipes and all that. And I, uh, I just want to do something a little different. And, and, and there's a lot of great ingredients food. that get ignored because soy is so right. popular. Exactly. Yeah. What What's your uh, What's your alternative protein of choice? Is it often well, soy-based products, or do you tend to go with supplements? Really just, or uh, a mixture of things. Like I, I said before, that the leafy greens are really good. Things like hemp are good, and and flax and and pseudo grains too. Pseudo grains are anything that uh, is usually referred to as a grain, but technically seeds. So things like Amaranth, quinoa, buckwheat, wild rice. Yeah, fantastic stuff. They're all stuff. about 20% protein because they're actually not, uh, they're not grains. They're yeah, wild rice is an algae, right? Sorry? Is it? Yeah, it's a, it's a freshwater algae. Really? Is wild rice. Yeah. Who knew? It's, um, wild rice is a, it's a seed that grows in, in water. Yeah. It's kind of, um, it's kind of like an algae. It's actually not a rice at all, but yeah, it's a weird seed that grows uh, in marshy area. Mm-hmm. Wild. Rice. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's funny. Scott, do you have any questions? Many. (laughs) (laughs) Mostly about my diet. What can I do? Um, But uh, no, I mean, in general, like if you're having, um, I mean, this sounds like a great book for someone like me who's been vegan for a while and has started to have issues with diet. Like I think too much wheat and other things are starting to uh, give me some bad effects. Lately, I've been great, but uh, it seems like, you know, if I do eat a lot of those things, you know, I might be exacerbating some kind of issue, but I don't know if it's like celiac or whatever. But I mean, uh, if I were to if I were to get your book and go through it and eat your recipes, um, there's it sounds like there's little chance that I would either be tired <laughs> or fatigued or, or have, uh, you know, stomach issues for quite a while. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one of the aims for sure is to stay away from those things like wheat or gluten that a lot of people are developing sensitivities to just because it's in, in so many things we eat. And uh, I do know some vegetarians who have actually become sensitive to soy because they've had a, every meal or every snack for the last decade and and it's uh, started to catch up with them. So they've just got too much in their system. They're looking for alternatives. 
I definitely don't feel like I have a soy allergy, but I get a soy aversion now and again. It's like my body's yeah. telling me I don't want soy. I know the feeling already. <laughs> yeah. And it's strange. Like, I think it's because, yeah, we put so much of it in our bodies. It's so popular all the time. And it's hard to remember all those awesome alternatives, especially those awesome pseudo grains. Right. Pseudo grains. Yeah, and they're really cheap, too. You can buy them in the yeah. bulk department of most supermarkets. And they're, they're way cheaper than, than soy as well. And, um, yeah, really easy to, to be creative with and make pizza crust out of them and pancakes and all kinds of good things that... Uh, that don't take that long, and, and you can either have them cooked or you can have them raw. You can sprout pseudo grains, of course, since they're seeds, they will start to sprout. So, um, if people want to eat more raw as well, that's an option as opposed to cooking. Do you eat a lot of uh, raw food yourself? Yeah, I, if I had to give a percentage, I would say it was in the, the 80s. Oh, wow. So, fairly high raw, but uh, certainly not 100%. And does that I change when you're training for a race or anything? No, it stays pretty consistent. Hmm. Yeah, I have pretty much the, the same diet, whether I'm I'm doing lots of training or or just lots of touring or whatever. It's just made up of a lot of grazing. I don't usually eat big meals. I'll just sit down and uh, you know have a little bit here, a little bit there throughout the day, and and I find it works really well. Just never being really hungry and never being really full. I just feel more productive and so I can think more clearly and, and just get more done and, and perform better too as an athlete. Obviously you don't want to be trying to do a workout when you have food in your stomach and then when you put so much in your stomach after a workout, usually that just causes uh, your body to have to spend a whole bunch of extra energy trying to digest that, which means that energy can't be used to help repair the body, rebuild from, from the workout. So I, I think from a performance standpoint, grazing is, is a good way to go. What's your favorite thing to bring along with you, since it sounds like you're on the go a lot? Do you tend to, like, do yeah, a lot of nuts well and I, seeds? Even things like dates or uh, or just some nuts sometimes, keep it really simple, or different types of fruit is good. I, there's recipes in the, the book for bars as well that are very easy to make. Yeah, I find that's my biggest hurdle. <laughs> yeah, is, snack uh, food. Just, well, food to go. I mean, I'm literally in class with five minutes in between and then doing something else and then vegan radio and then social engagement and this and that, uh, and, you know. Oh I'm yeah. a normal busy it's person. social engagement. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> what I'm getting at is that sometimes I forget to eat completely and I'm happiest being a grazer as well. And it's nice to know, you know, what's the best, healthiest thing to carry on with you, you know. And obviously it's such, like seeds and nuts and stuff like that. But like and fruits, but like Some you know, carrots. yeah, exactly. But like it's always it's hard to remember that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and with the the recipes in the book too, there's some things for snacks like bars, as I was mentioning, that are made up of dates and nuts and hemp protein and flax and and berries and things. You just put everything in a food processor, process it out, and then bring it out, cut it all off. It's basically like a bunch of dough, and then it it uh, it just dries within. A, about an hour, and then you can individually wrap it. No dehydrator needed. Either. That's great. Wow. So I would spend probably 90 minutes once every four months making a big, huge batch. Oh, and wow. then you're pretty much good to go for, you know, for a quarter of the year. So, um, oh, that's a good idea. Even longer. So it's, uh, it's a pretty small time investment and, and pretty cheap, too. So those, those are good options. So can we expect you in the Northeast anytime soon for your tour? I think October. October? 
Yeah, maybe September, but uh, I doubt before September. Okay. <laughs> we'll miss you. Well, if you're, uh, if you're coming through Massachusetts, you should get in touch, and maybe we could set an event up in Northampton yeah, for you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I will be there for sure at some point in the fall, but uh, I don't know just yet. And also, I have a Facebook page, too, that people can befriend me on and, and find out my schedule. And as soon as it uh, gets created, it goes up there. So if anyone wants to do that, of course, uh, Facebook. I will be my friend. Brendan Brazier, and uh, we also have brendanbrazier.com, which is B-R-E-N-D-A-N-B-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Not to be confused with that. And also, too, I should quickly mention a new program that I developed. It went up about a month ago. It's called Thrive in 30. The website is thriveinthenumber30.com. It's a free program. It's Basically, it's when you sign up, you get three emails a week. Each one has a video component and a written component, and you get that uh, for a month, so 12 in total. And it's basically a step-by-step guide to transitioning to a better diet and, and the benefits of a plant-based diet. It's basically my book, but in a concise form and without going into so much detail for people who may not be into reading a book. But if you have <laughs> any relatives or anyone who just thinks this veganism is weird and is not going to spend the time to read a book or the money in a book, then you can send them to that site and they can learn all about it for free and with a minimal time investment, too. Excellent. Well, speaking of time, I think we're out of it right now. But uh, it's been really great talking to you. Sorry about the little difficulties at the beginning there. But it's what makes vegan yeah. radio exciting. <laughs> Keeps us on the edge. On the edge of our seats. And, uh, All right. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Brendan. Yep. Yep, thank you. Take care. You too. Brendan Brazier. Yep. We Training. Didn't, we didn't Touring. really like... Uh, promote all the great things he's done but no well you know i think uh we should definitely encourage people to check out his website um check out his facebook page get check to know out our show notes veganradio.com you can find all that stuff we're out of time but uh thanks for listening you're listening to wxojlp northampton 103.3 fm <laughs> go vegan scott and jillian signing off derek signing off we're all signed off that's right Bye-bye. bye bye bye